That beautiful song, um, we will learn a little bit more about um, who wrote it, who performed it, and who made it possible for us to hear it. Um, with our two guests here in the studio, I want to first start with Lois uh, Aarons. Lois, you have done an incredible thing here um, with uh, the work um, that I'm holding in my hand. It is a CD called Tio's Songs of Life, and we'll talk about who performs it in a minute. So could you just introduce us to who Tio was and your involvement as a prison abolitionist with Tio? Sure. Um, Tio was Tio Atala Salah El. He was um, light, he had a life sentence in Pennsylvania. Without parole. A life sentence without parole in Pennsylvania. He was incarcerated for almost 50 years. Mm. And um, while he was incarcerated, he um, got his bachelor's degree and a master's degree at back in the days when people could still get Pell Grants when they were in prison. And um, he was a writer. He wrote a lot about um, prison abolition way before people actually started writing about prison abolition. In the, in the 90s, he uh, started this organization, Coalition to Abolish Prisons, uh, which had a newsletter, which he edited. He was a teacher in prison, and he was a musician and a composer of at least 50 songs. We have 50 songs. Um, could be that there were more, but those are the ones that I have. And so that's who he was. He died... Um, what's today's date? The 8th? Today is the 7th of June in 22. Okay. He died on June 8th in 2018. So he died almost exactly four years ago. And of course he died in prison. At the age of, I think, 85, right? 85. Age of 85. He originally was from Westchester. I, I know that because when I was a wrestler in college... And I read about his case under a different name, David Jones, I think David was his Jones, name. David Jones, yeah. And I, went, I wrestled there at the time that he was there, but um, oh. that's my connection yeah. to him. It's an amazing story. So how did um, we manage to obtain these works that he wrote, one of which is dedicated to you, Lois? Yes. How did that happen? It happened because uh, in 2005, um, I sent him some... Uh, blank music paper, 50 sheets of blank music paper. And about three months or something after that, uh, he sent me the music paper back, but filled with all of these songs. That's an incredible, caring, incredibly caring act on your part. And it sounds like the reward was enormous because he sent you this music. What, what do you then do with written yes, music? exactly. What do you do with written music if you cannot yeah. read music? You need I mean, to find somebody who can, <laughs> yes, and someone who can like interpret it with something in Chinese, and you have exactly. to find somebody, and you have to find somebody that can read it to you. So, who and, did you find, and when did you find that person? Uh, I found, an, I started off around 2005, and I I got the name of one sax player. He said he would. All I wanted was I didn't have this idea of an album or a concert or anything. I just wanted to hear what it sounded like. 
And um, he said he would do it, and we would meet, and we would do it, and then he canceled. And then sometime after that, I found somebody else who said the same thing, and he canceled. And then I found somebody else, and he canceled. And then after Tio died... These musicians. Yeah, well, I mean, what do I know? I mean, I just <laughs> thought, okay, eventually I'll, I'll hear it. And so um, then in 2018, after Tio died, uh, I put on this celebration of his life up at the Du Bois Center at UMass. Tio's papers are uh, archived at UMass Special Collections. So it was this event between the Du Bois Center and the Real Cost of Prisons and, and Special the Collections. The Real Cost of Prisons is your organization yes. that you founded um, seeking prison reform and abolition for um, years now, right? 22 years. 22 years, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, anyway, so I was going to put on this event, and I, everything was set to go, and uh, I had somebody coming from New York to play Tio's music, and I was on Route 9 driving to the event, and I got a call from the guy, and I pulled over in front of the car wash, and <laughs> uh, he said, I, I can't come. I'm having this crisis, and I can't come. I'm turning back. And I was like, I can't believe it. The fourth time, yeah. And so uh, he said, well, if you want, you can call my professor. So I, I thought, who, you know. And you got to do something, right? Right. And I mean, this is how little that I knew about music, I'm embarrassed to say, that I thought I could just call Felipe, and he could, like, you know, jump on his bicycle and ride. Who, and who is Felipe? <laughs> Felipe Salas is the who will find out who he is. And he's here and in so, studio yes, with us right yes. now. Yep. And so I call him up. It's like five o'clock in the afternoon of this event. He picks up the phone and I I tell him this story, you know. And he was like, Well, I can't just come down here right now, of course, but being clueless that I was. I thought, no, you know, but, you know, get in touch with me afterward. And um, so after it was over, I, I did, and we agreed we'd meet at UMass. And I went over there, I brought the music, and we met, and he was like, oh, I'll, I'll look at the music. And I thought, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like another one. <laughs> and so, uh, but then, like, a couple of weeks later or something, I can't remember exactly when, he Writes me, and he says, "Let's get together again." And let's uh, meet at the car wash on Route Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of uh, uh, coffees, yeah. And, you know, and <laughs> and she sent me. Uh, Lois sent me the, uh, I think, uh, PDFs of the music and some articles about Tia, yeah. and and that interested me to continue the conversation, of course. So contributing to our conversation here is Professor. Uh, Felipe Salas, and uh, a extremely talented uh, musician. You play alto, right? I play all of them, but in in this uh, CD, I'm only playing tenor. Tenor, We're only playing tenor. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that, that's my main voice. Okay, and um, what did you think when you saw this music? This handwritten music. Um, I didn't know what exactly to think, and I, you know, like sometimes when you look at the music on the page, it doesn't necessarily you know, it could be interpreted so many different ways. So I, th I think one of the things that I 
wanted to do was to know a little bit more about the story behind the music and read the articles that, that Lois sent me. And also, then I got a little busy in the in the middle of this. I got As another, we do. Uh, I got another grant and another project. And so everything was kind of... Life gets in the way. Yeah. But I said, you know, and then around that time, uh, the a book about Tio came uh, came out, you know, and and I was I said, you know, maybe I, I can't work on this music right now, but I could I could get this book and read more, and I think it was a really good thing for me because I got to know more about who Tio was. So when I went back to the music, I felt like I was more informed about who that person was and how I could actually contribute to arrange the music and, you know, think the music in the way that, you know, would, I hope, try to capture his essence as a person, but also, you know, the style that he was brought up playing and all those things. I have listened to uh, this several times, this beautiful album. It is beautiful music. Um, I guess my first question um, to you, Felipe Salas, is... How much of what I hear here is what Tio wrote, and how much is your interpretation of what he wrote? Well, that's a good, you, you and the other three. That's musicians. a very good question. What Tio left uh, is what we call a lead sheet, which basically is just chord symbols, chord being the harmony, and then the melodies. I, I by principle, never mess around with the melodies because I think in, in any song, the melody is the song. You can change the colors behind it. You can even change the rhythm behind it. But what makes the song yes. is the melody. So right. that is always Tio's. Sometimes I I felt like I could contribute harmonically or 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 in terms of an arrangement in like changing the style or the groove or sometimes even the meter of the tunes. But I felt like if the melodies were always there the way he intended, the music would always be you know, essentially his. It was, I was, it was just, you know, basically a person that you're dressing with some new clothes, you know? It's still the same person, but you're putting, you're putting it in different context with the different choices of clothes that you're... The CD we're talking about is Tio's Songs of Life. The uh, musicians are Felipe Salas, and we're talking with Felipe right now. We're going to um, come back to Lois um, in one minute, but Zakai Curtis does some beautiful things. He's a piano player. Yes. Just some really beautiful um, surprises in a couple of these tunes, including the ballad that is donate that is uh, dedicated to uh, Lois Aarons. It's a beautiful take on that song. It sent me. It right. really did. I went with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Zakai uh, and I went to school a long time ago, so we know each other from, you know, my it shows. Very you, first you days in, yeah. in the USA. Um, but, you know, the choice of musicians to me was very important to choose people who were going to be first amazing musicians, also people who understand the styles that were involved, but also people who understand the social aspect and political aspect of the project, you know. So Zakai and Avery, who are people I know are very involved with social issues. And Avery is Avery, Avery Sharp. Sharp. He's the yes. bassist. And yes. there, there's a tune that I think of as Bop, but what do I know, right? But it's a very upbeat, um, really interesting um, 
rhythmic thing and the bass in there is just I was focused on the bass um, and, and it was beautiful. Is that the one where we played the together the melody? Yes. Yes. So yeah, that was that was an arrangement I thought when I listened to that when I I played all the pieces on the piano, right? As I was figuring out what I wanted to use for the record and that one I was like Avery and I should play the melody together, you know. Even though it's not written that way, you know, it's just a melody written on the paper. That's the arrangement. It, it was really beautiful. It, that that um, duet was beautiful. I thought it worked out good. It worked yeah. out good. Jonathan Bar Barber is the drummer. Yes, great drummer. Sure. I had never played with him before, but he came highly recommended by Zakai, and I knew him from other records, so it was it was very nice. Lois Ahrens, you are um, largely responsible for um, bringing uh, Tio Atalasala L's work to us and having it survive him. Um, where can people get this, a, a copy of this? They can, it's streaming now. It, it, uh, so they can get it on Spotify and Apple. I don't know what, what Apple other, Music, Spotify. Apple. I know it's also on YouTube um, Music and some, you know, pretty much can, every platform by now. And also CDs are, you know, going through. If there's, it looks a like few it's distributed CD. by Tapestry Records. Yes, that's correct. Um, and if, so they, if they come to the concert, they can buy CDs They can buy CDs there. of the we'll concert as well. So yes. before we take a break, tell us about the concert. Because we got one minute before Okay, we... the concert is June 11th, this Saturday at 8 o'clock at Bombex at, in Florence. and um, The wonderful new performance venue. Yes, yes. yes. Which itself has an incredible... Uh, it's new, but it's history... It goes has, back to 1840s, it has, and it's yes, just it has. so beautiful. I couldn't think of a, a better place to do this. Right. Than, it, than, because, yeah. I mean, it it was a place of slavery abolition, and T.O. and myself are prison abolitionists, so we've come like a big arc of time. It um, is a big arc, but it, and it's more than that. It, um, for those who don't know, in the 1840s, 1847, for four years, there were regular meetings with Frederick Douglass, um, with, of course, Sojourner Truth, who lived right on that street. Yeah. And there was a large, it's called Pine Street because there was a huge pine tree that they would meet uh, under with other abolitionists, slave aber abolitionists. But their demand at the time was to give women the vote in 1847. It only took another 90 years, but they finally got it. <laughs> we're going to yes. be right back. We are talking to Lois Ahrens and we are talking to uh, Felipe Salas about the amazing work that Felipe and his band have put together the music of Tio Atala Salael. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP. What's an ethical will? What's its purpose? And will you be glad you wrote one? Join us when we speak with Rabbi Steve Leder, whose new book is For You When I'm Gone. Rabbi Leder will be our guest Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9. And again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts.
You spend seven or eight hours a night together, and you're supposed to decide if you're right for each other in a matter of minutes? This has never made sense to me. So, when you're in my store, trying to decide which mattress is right for you, at some point, I think you and I just need to stop talking. I need to leave you alone, give you plenty of time to lay down, and maybe even forget you're in a furniture store. Hi, it's Robin. Robin from Talon. Think about it. Seven or eight hours, night after night, and what do you really know about mattresses? I don't mean to make it daunting or complicated. I just think you need two things, information and time. If I give you as much information as you want and as much time as you need, I think you'll settle on a mattress you'll be happy with. At least that's the way it seems to go for most people. Talon Furniture, the small, unhurried furniture and mattress store just down the hill from Amherst College. Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday highbrow? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. Full value gift certificates and you save 30%. Highbrow Wood-Fired Kitchen and Bar is one of the exciting restaurant experiences in downtown Northampton. Highbrow features cutting-edge American food and the best wood-fired pizza in town. Meatball pie, chev, and truffle mushroom. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. The Shop 30 store at whmp.com. Pie is like duct tape. It fixes everything. We must have pie, the great playwright David Mamet said. Stress cannot exist in the presence of a pie. So you go to Paul and Elizabeth's, you order a slice of pie, or you call and order a whole pie. I'll pick it up Saturday. They make cream pies at Paul and Elizabeth's and fruit pies. Whatever's in season, peach pie in deep summer, apple in fall. Pie fixes everything. Therefore, Paul and Elizabeth's restaurant is a repair shop inside Thorns in downtown Northampton. If your Spanish-speaking employees spoke better English, would that be good for business? If your English-speaking employees spoke a little Spanish, would that be good for business? The International Language Institute delivers workplace language training, improving communication among coworkers and with customers. You get financial assistance with the Massachusetts Workplace Training Express Fund. They cover 50 to 100% of the cost. So let's get going. Call or email the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Beautiful music you're listening to is the composition of Tio Atala Sala L, and it is um, performed by Felipe Salas on tenor, uh, Zakai Curtis on piano, Avery Sharp on bass, and Jonathan Barber on drums, and they will be performing when, Lois Aarons? When? When? Uh, last September. It was. No, I mean, when will, will they be performing? Oh, sorry. Will they at the will Bombix. be performing at Bombex on uh, June 11th at 8 o'clock, this coming Saturday. This, it's at 8 o'clock. Tickets are available. Um, Tickets can, are available online through the Bombex site. Yeah. And it, also... Of course, uh, on site when you get there, if you don't buy in it. Yeah. Yes, of course. Walk in. Yeah. Walk in and. So I wanted to ask you, Lois. Um, I mean, I understand the connection that you had um, as a prison abolitionist with Tia, but um, why did you do this? 
Um, well, uh, actually, Tio is one of many people I know. I mean, Tio, of course, has passed away, but there are many other people I know who are in prison, who are serving life without the possibility of parole, who are uh, writers, who are political thinkers, who are jailhouse lawyers, who are doing fantastic work in prison. And uh, what I have tried to do, or some of the things that I've tried to do over the last 20 years or so, is uh, to provide a platform for their work and their political work, their intellectual work. And for Tio, it was a combination of things, um, and it turned out his music. But he actually is one of many uh, people that I have been working with for decades. And so even though he's exceptional, there are a lot of exceptional people who have this sentence. And so in order to talk about this sentence more fully and what it means for somebody to spend their entire life in prison or almost their entire life in prison, a way to do that for me it has been to uh, create through the website, the Real Cost of Prisons website, uh, to post their uh, writing, political writing, and other writing, not writing about their cases. And people can find that on Real Cost of Prison website. Yes. And, and, and Professor uh, Silas, what made you attracted to this project, a composer you never knew, um, another burden on your already overburdened uh, uh, sort of agenda. So what made you do this? Well, like I, like I said, I think the story was very interesting. And I mean, I've been involved with different social issues. Myself, my last uh, two projects and the following project that I'm finishing now have a lot to do with uh, immigration and immigration rights and, and making sure that I try to educate people in this country to think about immigrants in a different way than, uh, let's say, poli politicians are trying to educate them or uneducate them to <laughs> uh, think about. So it's always been, to me, of interest to, to look into situations and stories that have to do with, with uh, social issues. And, and this seemed to me like a, a very special Thing. Or originally, we weren't even thinking about recording. It was just, okay, let's try to figure out another time to play this music. And, and then the pandemic hit, and I think a combination of the two was like, you know, we can play this, but maybe we should record it, you know, and let's try to find the money for it and all that stuff. That well, comes I wish that. we had more time to talk about it. We don't, unfortunately. But I, I just want to thank you both for what you've done. Number one... Lois, you have recognized that um, we're more than just the warehoused can of tomatoes that people think we are when we are, when our lives are thrown away in prison. Yeah. Um, and um, I thank you for all of your advocacy in all regards. But in this particular case, you and Felipe have kept the memory of Tio alive. And the beautiful work, I think it's beautiful work, that thank he you. was capable of doing um, I thank you both for bringing it to us and keeping it there and reminding us that people who are warehouse there are real people. Some of them have talents we can only dream about having. Exactly. Right. So it's going to be at the Bombix. It's going to be this Saturday. It's at 8 o'clock. The 
cost of, of a ticket is cheap, and it is well <laughs> worth it because there's going to be great musicians playing great music. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. We are going to be right back. We're going to be talking to three secondary school teachers from Bosnia-Herzegovina, from Argentina, and from Uganda right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. More than 53,000 drivers in Massachusetts will need to have their driver's license or identification card replaced. The Massachusetts RMV says their vendor experienced an issue with a printer. A spokesperson for the department said the cards lack a certain fraud prevention feature. New cards began going out to residents on Monday. A $56 million class action lawsuit over the deadly COVID-19 outbreak at the Soldiers' Home in Holyoke is getting closer toward a settlement after a conference between lawyers and a federal judge yesterday. Lawyers spoke with the judge to answer questions including what will happen if too many plaintiffs in the second class opt out, which could prompt lawyers for the state to void the settlement, and also how the settlement may be affected if other plaintiffs emerge. Five outstanding UMass faculty will be honored with the Manning Prize for Excellence in Teaching. The award is given to educators who show exemplary dedication to students and the university. The faculty members, one from each UMass campus, will receive $10,000 awards. In Amherst, the award goes to Lorraine Cordero, Associate Professor in Nutrition and Director for the Center of Research on Families. And five counties in Massachusetts now have high community transmission, according to CDC data. In Western Mass, Franklin County is listed as having a high level of community spread. As of Monday, Franklin County has 45 new confirmed COVID-19 cases. Hampshire County is currently labeled medium. Breezy, partly sunny to mostly cloudy this afternoon. A couple of gusts over 25 miles per hour, a high of 78 to 82. Showers, rain, and thunder tonight. Overnight lows of 58 to 64. Showers tomorrow morning, then partial afternoon sunshine, a high of 76 to 80. Mostly cloudy rain. Could be a thunderstorm here on Thursday with a high in the mid-70s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP. We heard you, Western Mass. You're interested in opportunities like Airbnb, but you don't know where to start. You're proud of our community and excited to create special memories for your guests. Mostly, though, you want some relief from the demands of hosting, like communication and the cleaning. Yes, the cleaning. Well, your friends at Beloved Earth are excited to finally offer BE co-hosting. Whatever your short-term rental needs, we're ready to help. Booking management consults now for Northampton area. Visit becohosting.com to learn more and say hi. Stop what you're doing. The financial markets are in ruins. You're in debt up to your... And you hate your job. And you keep hoping for a better way. There is. My one-man show, Yield of Dreams. I'll demystify your money myths, transform your life, and entertain you all at the same time. Curious? Join me, Charlie Epstein, June 23rd, 24th, or the 25th at Holyoke Community College for a financially entertaining evening. Get tickets at yieldofdreams.live. Free for all students and start living a life of wonderment, joy, laughter, and play. 
Hi, I'm Kate Kelly, public health nurse with the City of Northampton. The Northampton Health Department is holding vaccination clinics in Northampton and other locations in the region. Outdoor walk-in availability has reopened at the Northampton High School. Dates, locations, and appointments for all clinic sites can be found at the City of Northampton website. Go to www.northamptonma.gov and click on vaccine clinics. The clinics continue to offer Pfizer, pediatric Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, and in special situations, Johnson & Johnson. Clinics will also offer boosters to anyone ages five and up. The COVID vaccine is free for anyone from any community. Please bring your vaccine card and insurance card. If you do not have health insurance, you can still have a vaccine. Public health nurses are available at every clinic for your questions or concerns. Booster shots are one more layer of protection against COVID-19, and they prevent a huge number of people from needing to go to the hospital. We want to protect our most vulnerable or simply unlucky neighbors from getting the virus. We can't afford to let our guard down. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. I am very excited. Welcome back, everybody. This is a um, an exciting uh, segment of our program today um, because we have some secondary school teachers. I might learn something today from uh, across the globe, and we will tell you more about it. First, I want to introduce for a moment um, from ITD, um, Katie Lazdowski. Katie, you are one of the organizers of this project, um, bringing in some secondary school teachers. Tell us about it. Thank you so much, Buzz. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Um, I am the program director of a program that is called the Study of the U.S. Institute for Secondary School Educators. And uh, this is a program that is funded through the U.S. Department of State specifically the um, education, uh, Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs. And uh, this is a five-week-long program where we have 19 countries represented amongst 20 educators. And throughout the time that they're here, they will be um, residing in Amherst and learning about U.S. history and culture and then ending their time uh, in New York City. And I suspect we're gonna be learning about their culture a little bit as well. Um, let me first talk to uh, George Watika from Uganda. You are an education officer with the Ministry of Education and Sports in Uganda. Um, you currently teach at Kira College Boutique in Jinja City, is that right? Yes, please. I am an education officer in Uganda. My name is George Watika, and I'm excited to be in the United States. I am learning a lot, and I'm also looking forward to teaching the people in the United States a lot about Uganda. So it's a pleasure to be here. I think we all need to learn a little more about Uganda. But let me ask you, what are your aspirations? When you go home, what do you hope you'll be taking with you that you didn't have when you came here? I think one of the things that I look forward to taking home is the uh, educational skills, the new uh, standard skills of teaching so that uh, people in Uganda can use the standard skills to teach and also learn about the United States. There are a lot of fallacies about the United States. We think that everything is cool and very good here, but I've learned a lot and I hope to take home a lot. You've learned that not everything is cool and good here as well. The other advantage here is you're with people from across the globe, other educators. And I assume that you're not only going to be learning about 
um, about the United States, but in, in this particular case, in terms of the educators we have, the sampling we have here in this room, you're going to be learning about Bosnia and Herzegovina, and you're going to be learning about Argentina and their approaches to education, right? Yeah, great, great experience, a great honor to be part of this great learning experience. There are people from all over the globe. We have people from Uzbekistan, we have people from Peru, we have people from Malawi, you know, and uh, they are very friendly people. They are saying a lot about their countries, and I'm trying as much as possible to also tell them a lot about Uganda. So great learning experience. I look forward to these uh, few weeks, and I'm sure there will be a turning point for me. Thank you. It's, it's really, and it's terrific that you're doing this. I, I want to uh, turn to, I think it's Admira. Um, I'm going to get an F if I'm tested because I was just told your pronunciation of your name, but I think it's Uzonich. Is that right? Yes. Oh, yes, I got an A. Much. Thank you. <laughs> so you're a teacher of democracy and human rights, which is something I'm quite interested in um, myself. Yeah, and sociology, you have a degree from the Faculty of Political Sciences. Yes. So why did you come here and what do you hope to bring home? Uh-huh. Okay, good afternoon. And, uh, I would like to say that it's my pleasure to take part in this uh, program show. And uh, uh, first of all, uh, yeah, you represented me. I'm Admira Zunic. Uh, I'm Professor Democracy, Human Rights and Sociology. I work in Electrical Engineering School in Tuzla. I'm from Bosnia and Herzegovina. And uh, first of all, I would like to say thank you. Uh, thank you, American people. Uh, thank you, ITD House uh, and staff, uh, the prog- academic director. I just uh, want to director. interrupt you. For those who don't know, it's the Institute of Training and Development yes. in Amherst, which yes. arranged yes. this with yes, the help really. of that grant. Thank, thank you very much. I would like to say thank you, Katie. Thank you, Bros. And uh, it's a great opportunity to be here, to take part in SUSI program. Uh, as a sociology and civic education, uh, this is an extraordinary opportunity for me, for uh, for uh, teachers who teach democracy and human rights and sociology because I have opportunity here to learn, to experience about American culture, about American election, about uh, uh, first the modern democracy. And uh, also I would like to, to share my experience. I, I come from a country that is uh, post-conflict and post-communist com- uh, country, but I also uh, would like to share my experience of U.S. foreign politics because uh, U.S. embassy in Sarah Evo uh, put a lot of effort uh, in our educational sector in Bosnia and Herzegovina in uh, uh, civic education, so I'm really grateful for them. And uh, I'm really proud that I have uh, opportunity to, to present my country, to present my colleagues, my students, uh, to share uh, with uh, students here in, in uh, United States of America, and hopefully uh, to make dissemination between my subject, uh, democracy, human rights, and with new knowledge about American democracy, about, uh, I'm really interested how American teachers teach subject democracy, human rights, and especially Project Citizens. My uh, students really enjoy in research Project Citizens, and uh, also would like to say that uh, Project Citizen is original U.S. Uh, content that is implemented in more than 80 countries, and uh, it's also implemented in my country, so I'm proud that I have opportunity to say that I am this program for 21 years. So thank you very much. Well, it is a pleasure to have you, and we're so, we're so glad to, to have you. And you, Marisa Rodan. Yes. You're from Argentina. You're from Buenos Aires. Yes. And what do you teach? 
Well, I teach um, a couple of subjects in a bilingual uh, school, right? It's a state school, but it has a bilingual stream. And one subject is a curricular integration in which we use English to sort of serve the other subjects. And the other subject is uh, connected to uh, art. This year we have chosen the theme of uh, music, and I do a lot of music history. And um, I'm well. I, I'm very happy to be here. Yes, it's like I'm on top of the world because <laughs> I have read, I have studied a lot about the United States. But when you live the experience of what the country is like, what the people are like, it's not the same as what you can find in a textbook. It's a first-hand experience, right? And and everyone is so kind here. My classmates, the people at ITD. But even people in services, I'm surprised how everyone is is glad to do their job, you know. And mm. and it's uh, and, and well, it's um, you know, uh, I I hope to become like a bridge for my colleagues and and you know be able to help them improve their lessons too if they are willing to. Right. That's a wonderful aspiration. So let me just follow up on what you said when you when you say that you uh, also involve art, and I see that you. New Deal cultural policies yes. and Martin Luther yes. King. Are those, you use those as a vehicle to teach English in your bilingual studies? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I could. I could develop a project because in the subjects that I teach, um, we, we work mostly on project-based activities. So, yes, I could develop a project. Actually, this year we have already done one on the photography of Dorothea Lang in, during the New Deal period. And, uh, you know, they, they are quite interested in those issues, especially with uh, the struggles of minorities to try to, to achieve uh, certain rights, as you mentioned, Martin Luther King and, and Rosa Parks. And, and as more information is being disclosed, uh, you know, teenagers are, they are a source of inspiration too, right? So, uh, uh, yes, we, we could use those topics. I'm, I'm given quite a lot of autonomy in the school where I teach. Uh, Academic freedom that's really important for teachers. Yes, yes. Yes, so George uh, Watika from Uganda, um, could you describe what are your students like, where do they come from, what are their lives like outside of school? Yeah, my students are from all over the country in Uganda, from all the regions. These are mostly students from uh, poor families who come to school, and uh, they are people who... Yes, are very lively. They would love to learn. Some of them have come from homes where they are really disadvantaged. And when they come to school, we, we give them an opportunity to ensure that they make it in life. So mostly you find students from those backgrounds that are not well to do. Do they have to qualify or is, is there a lottery for students to get in or is it just a public school that any student can enroll in? Uh, there are qualifications. Uh, the students have to get some grades in order to qualify for the school. So you find that in our country, in Uganda, you'll find specific schools would do like students of specific grades to come to the school. So I am lucky to be in a school where you would really have students who have really scored highly to come. So it makes uh, the work for us as teachers much easier in that way. Yeah, we, we must take a break right now. We're going to uh, be back in a few minutes, and we're going to talk more with uh, Admira 
Uzunich, and with Maricel Rodan. I'm doing the best I can. Yes, uh, thank, you. thank you very much. <laughs> no, I, I can't wait to continue this conversation. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. What a wonderful world. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. In East Hampton, what we're doing is we are migrating all of our public records requests to civilian function in the IT department as they have a thorough handle on our digital records, but also know where a lot of the hard copies are and can work with not only the police, but other department heads to get those requests filled. 101.5, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you get the best local and organic produce, a butcher shop, wine and cheese shop, fresh seafood, and hundreds of bulk herbs, spices, and more. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you create hundreds of you union jobs and generate over $7 million in purchases from local farms and businesses. River Valley Co-op is your food hub, bringing you the best from around the valley and world while supporting your neighbors and local farmers. Shop River Valley Co-op in Northampton and East Hampton today. RiverValley.coop. After two years of looking at each other from their living rooms, Young at Heart is back to perform live the music they learned over the pandemic. and the world's favorite octogenarian rock and roll chorus is back on stage. Well, get in the road. Thursday, June 9th. Oh, come on now. At the Academy of Music. In the middle of the road, yeah. Performing songs by Bob Dylan, Green Day, Tom Waits, Pretenders, Talking Heads, Bonnie Raitt, and Iggy Pop, just to name a few. Young at Heart put on five virtual concerts over the last two years of the pandemic. But Thursday, June 9th at the Academy of Music, the Young at Heart Chorus presents Young at Heart Back on Stage. Something inside so strong. Young at Heart in its 40th anniversary season. Young at Heart Back on Stage, Thursday, June 9th, 7.30, Academy of Music, Northampton. There's good news for parents looking for infant formula. Abbott Labs has restarted its production plant in Sturgis, Michigan, the single largest producer of infant formula. The plant was shut down in February because of suspected contamination. It could take several weeks for normal production to resume. The pilot shortage is continuing to take a toll on U.S. airlines, forcing some to park planes because there aren't enough pilots to fly them. American Airlines CEO Robert Isom says the carrier is grounding about 100 regional flights to smaller airports because of the pilot shortage. Researchers at the American Heart Association have concluded that taking 3 grams daily of omega-3 fatty acids can improve blood pressure. Those with healthy blood pressure levels who incorporate this amount on a daily basis are likely to see a small drop in blood pressure readings over time. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with our educators here from across the globe, the Institute for Training and Development in Amherst um, with a State Department grant that um, Katie Lazdowski has just described for us. 
um, has assembled this extraordinary group of people who have committed themselves to the education of youth in their respective countries, and it is really fascinating. We I wanted to throw a question to Admira Usunich of Bosnia-Herzegovina. Um, so how did uh, students in an electrical engineering school, um, those are your students, and yet you teach human rights and sociology. Is that a required course for electrical engineers? Yeah, and it's really interesting. But uh, I would like to say that uh, in my country, we have subject democracy and human rights in primary and secondary school. Uh, in secondary school for uh, gymnasium, technical and craft school, electrical engineering school in uh, technical school. And uh, my students uh, have subject in third grade. It's uh, 17 or 18 years old. And sociology in fourth grade, it's it's about 19 years. Uh, years old. Uh, yeah, yes, it's really interesting because uh, their first uh, first opinion is about electrical engineering. But I really put a lot of effort to, to show my students that it's really important uh, subject democracy, human rights. Uh, I explained them that they need to have knowledge about civic education. I put a lot of effort to develop communication skills, especially critical communication skills. And uh, my students really respect that I put a lot of effort, that I believe, uh, I uh, organize really positive atmosphere, I believe in them, uh, I tried to, uh, that they research about some problem in our country, and we speak, and we, we speak like we each other, and respectful uh, from my students to me, and, and then my students. And also, it's important, I mentioned uh, that we have uh, project citizens, and my students research about uh, different problem in our community, uh, so this year, uh, my students, electro, uh, electrical engineering students, uh, won on our competition, cantonal competition in Project Citizen. So I'm happy and proud because they won gymnasium school and medical school. And uh, they won because they put a lot of effort, because they would like to research about, about uh, their topic was uh, the dangers of minor in, in our country. It sounds like you should yeah. be proud. And it's particularly yes. important the former Yugoslavia, you, you mentioned yeah. post-conflict yeah. before. So um, the, your students and you uh, are born out of this horrific war that resulted in today's uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina and Croatia and Serbia, mm -hmm. these separate countries that were all part of the former Yugoslavia. And the horrors of that war and ethnic cleansing, everything we've heard about here, um, yeah. it, it's so wonderful that students are being immersed in human rights and sociology yes. at the same time they're learning the crafts yeah. required to be electrical mm -hmm. engineers good for you um, yeah yes if you'd like if you give me an opportunity i would like to say that we have same curriculum in whole the country it's really important in federation of bosnia herzegovina republic of serbska and bushko district the same curriculum we learn the same oh, about human rights yeah yes it's really uh, great uh, it's critical to, yes. let's let's avoid the the mistakes of the past yeah. Vladimir yeah, Putin. Yeah, yeah. I tried <laughs> to, like to teach my students that we need to live in peace, that we need to live in intercultural uh, humanity. Like uh, Martin Luther said, we, we, we are seeing people. We, we are people. We are human beings. So we, we need to live together. And I believe uh, in this. I believe that, too. Yeah, I think we all you. do in this, in this studio right now. So, Maricel, yes. um, could you describe who your students are? 
where they live, what they yes. come from. Uh, well, the school where I teach is in the neighborhood of Palermo, one of the biggest neighborhoods in the city. Uh, many of them come from the same neighborhood, uh, but some com may come from other neighborhoods in the city. They are mostly middle class. Um, families are pretty much involved in the, in, the, in the school because it's a highly demanded school. Like a lot of people want to go there. It's one of the few schools that has an entrance exam in terms of uh, level of English. And, and so once they get the vacancy, they, they are interested in, in keeping it, right? At the same time, students are organized. Once they are inside the school, they have like, we call it like a student center, yes? Like they organize to, to you know. Is it a residential school? Do they live there? No, no, no. No, they, no, they, commute, they, they commute every day. No, yeah. they commute every day. And those who attend the bilingual section uh, spend from 8 to 5 in the afternoon, yes? But it sounds like George's students, they're, they're, they must be highly motivated to get in in the first place. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. Yes, they, they are because some schools have earned a reputation and so parents want to send them you know to to these uh four five six schools that are you know uh, very very that there's a very good level of, of of many subjects right not only of english right and they have lunch there but no they don't sleep there yes and and in terms of infrastructure that with the pandemic this became super important of it's, course it's quite well Right, um, because we're close to a park, so when windows are open, you know the air flows, and 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 yes, they they are. It's a small community, but we are quite uh, close and 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 glad to be there. Yes. So, George, you, what are your students? I mean, we uh, we know that Admira students want to become electrical engineers. Yes. What are the aspirations of your students? Yeah, like uh, in his country, in Uganda, most of the students, especially in my school, uh, most of them want to become scientists. You find people want to become doctors, they want to become engineers, they want to become nurses. But uh, we also ensure that we give them skills that are just beyond those aspirations that they have. I am very passionate about uh, good communication skills. I have tried as much as possible in my school to ensure that uh, this is done, especially through the debate clubs. So we have a very powerful debate club, has uh, won a number of national accolades wow. in a couple of years. Uh, before I came here, I think a few days before I flew over, we had a regional debate and my school came uh, top. Wow. So this uh, develops self-esteem in the youngsters. I was telling some of my colleagues at school that I had a challenge when we were beginning these debate clubs some of the teachers in those subjects say, but you're wasting a lot of time for these students. They should be in the chemistry class. They should be in the physics class. But over time, they have appreciated because when they go out to the world, the world of work, there are people who are self-confident. There are people who can contribute without fear or favor. They have gone in uh, areas like politics, and they have contributed to the country. And we are well, proud I, I of know in, in, in my experience, um, you know, we, we have two modes of thinking, those who are interested in science, yes. we usually call it analytical reasoning. Those who are interested in social skills, uh, like yeah. Admira students, um, are interested in, uh, we try to teach critical thinking. And those are two sort of different approaches to the acquisition of knowledge. I, I just wanted to ask the same question of Maricel. Mm -hmm. um, what are your students' aspirations? 
Well, most of them um, end up studying some course of studies connected to social sciences because there is a strong influence of, of the foreign languages and the social sciences subject. And there's even a college uh, in the evening where they teach the translation course and the teacher training college. Some of them also move on to that. So uh, in one of my projects, I try to motivate especially girls to pursue science, right? But science like chemistry, physics, you know, um, but well, there are many paths they can take. Well, I am just so honored and I feel privileged um, to have met the three of you. I'm sure that the other 16 that Katie told us about are uh, fascinating as well. I just want to point out that there are uh, there's a hope that people will call ITD, the Institute for Training and Development in Amherst, because they want a hospitality visit host, as many as they can get for this Saturday, June 11th, um, and could you just tell us a little bit about what that would involve? We only have like 20 seconds. Sure. It's a wonderful opportunity to meet any of these 20 um, participants and take them for a hike or share a meal together. It's really whatever one would like to do with them. And we'd appreciate any volunteers to come forward. Thank you. And it's not just a benefit to our visitors. It's a benefit to each of us. I can now attest to, to meet them. Thank you for educating our youth, each and every one of you. Thank you, ITD, Katie, for putting this together. And thank, thank you all for you. being here thank today. You because thank you, because you give the best opportunity to speak about education, especially civic education. It's our pleasure. Thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Afternoon Buzz. Join us then, and in the meantime, have a great evening, everybody. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Want to know more about local history, literature, and education? Hilltown Families' bi-monthly Learning Ahead Cultural Itineraries offer an easy way to delve into Western Mass culture and traditions. These new seasonal itineraries are produced in collaboration with a humanities scholar and community education expert, offering ways... The only live and local talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton Radio Group station. It's 5 o'clock.